and welcome to the second installment of the Around the Hornet podcast, revived by the current staff of the Hornet newspaper, Fullerton College's independent news outlet. My name is Jake Rhodes. I'm the sports desk editor at the Hornet, and I will be your host. You'll hear from in this episode are Quinn Cisneros. Say hey, Quinn. Hello. Brian Chavez. What's up, Brian? How's it going? And the editor-in-chief of the Hornet, Arardo Chagoya. What's going on, boss man? Yay, yay. I did fail to credit two other ladies, but let's show some love to our producer and the managing editor of the Hornet, Sarah Leon, and our advisor and professor at Fullerton College, Jessica Langlois. On this episode, we will be discussing four topics. The results of the Final Four in UConn's dominance, the NBA, as our Lakers seem to be getting hot at the right time, MLB opening weekend and how our local teams fared, and lastly, we will debate the hot take developing question. Is the sport of boxing fading from relevancy or is it gaining popularity? So much to get to, so little time, and that's what makes Around the Hornet special. Starting with the Final Four, UConn won its fifth national championship Monday. It's their fifth since 1999, beating San Diego State in Houston 76-59. to UConn won their games in the tournament by an average of margin of 20 points. UConn is the first team to win six games by 13-plus in a single NCAA tournament. I'll start off with Quinn. Quinn, how special was UConn's run in the tournament? You know, it was pretty special. Uh, they faced solid teams. Uh, I felt they didn't really face anyone too dominant. I mean, outside of Gonzaga, uh, when you look at it, I mean, Arkansas did upset Kansas, but you got to think maybe if Kansas beats Arkansas, I think Connecticut's run is a little different. Um, but other than that, it was a pretty dominant run. They beat who was in front of them uh, pretty convincingly. Anytime Miami in that final four matchup, that semifinal came close, they would easily squeak away. Um, and then also in the championship game, anytime San Diego State came close, uh, UConn would break away. Uh, San Diego State also could not shoot the ball. No, they it, struggled. Yeah, they struggled mightily in that first half and going into the second half. It, it was it was pretty hard to watch at times. Uh, Gerardo, how, how uh, impressive do you think UConn was um, in the way that they ran through this tournament? I would have to agree with Quinn. First, San Diego didn't shoot very well. Uh, you can tell with the score. I mean, it was like mm-hmm. a 17-point mm-hmm. disparity. Uh, but can we – this is their fifth national uh, championship. championship? Since 1999, so five in less than 25 years. Can we say that that's a dynasty? Dynasty is a different, interesting word. Um, mm, I guess you could say in in college basketball they like the, they like the term blue blood, which is like a, co- a team that is known for being successful and winning a lot. People have been debating, especially all over s- sports channels and talk shows, is you kind of blue blood? It's like 50-50 if, if they are or not. I don't see how you're not if you won. You're obviously the most relevant team. Who, who would be considered a blue blood then in this so case? So the people say Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, UCLA, to name a few. UCLA. Now here's, now here's the thing with that. UConn, they haven't really had a dominant season. Mm-hmm. Yes, they've won five out of six, out of the six times they've been in the Final Four. But when you look at it, they haven't put together good seasons consecutively, like mm-hmm. in the Kentuckys, the UCLAs, um, UNCs. Like, granted, UNC didn't make the tournament this past year, but – those teams, they're there consistently, and UConn can't really say the same thing. But, yeah, I, I, I do think UConn, they, they show that they can win it. I don't necessarily think they're up there with the Connecticut's. That was my question to you. So you, don't, you, don't, you wouldn't consider them a blue blood today? No, I do not consider Even after it. five championships? I think, I think their championship wins are very spread out. But th- they have won a lot, but I don't think they're a good enough team in the regular season to be considered a um, blue blood. Let's think about some fringe teams. Like, would you consider Villanova a blue blood? No. Or Georgetown? 
No, definitely not Georgetown. They have not been good in over 10 years. So I would definitely think Georgetown is not a blue Neither has UCLA, technically. But UCLA, see, here's the thing is UCLA was dominant and they're consistent. They're consistently good. As much as I hate to admit that, because I'm and a USC I fan. I love to hear you say that. Yeah. Did UCLA, UCLA is solid. lose to Gonzaga this in this Yes, tournament? in the Sweet 16. Yeah. And Gonzaga was the biggest threat for UConn in, in, during this the, tournament? In their run. In, the in run? their run, yes, but in the region, it was Kansas. Kansas was wow. very heavily picked, too. Mm-hmm. Kansas is a true blue blood as well. When was the last time UCLA won the NCAA? 1995, the year I was oh, born. Wait. Way before, uh, yeah, and see, yeah. that's see, see, here's the thing. That's, that's here's, the, here's the thing UConn, they've won a lot, right? They've won a lot, but it's only been since 1999, it's only 24 years of relevancy, right? Before that, they didn't win anything, so you can't really say they're a blue blood. I think they're more of like a new, I think they have to do a little bit more to be then considered. I guess, then, the, I guess, dynasty then does make more sense if they if you're in the terms of relevancy recently. But, like, when you think of Blue Blood, you think of overall, I mean, college basketball is 100-plus years of existence. So then Blue Blood, maybe you can kind of change my mind a little bit. But but Dynasty might actually be then be the right word, I would think. If they would have had four of those before 1999. But you're I'm saying yeah, if they had four before and then this just this one. Just this one. Mm, that's and a little different. See, that's... that's so there's a, a big gap. There's a yeah. big 20-plus year gap in between. Yeah. The last four... And then this one. Is that not a dynasty? See, because my whole thing is is Kentucky, UCLA, uh, UNC, Dude. they're always consistently good. UConn, they've won them, right? But if you look at their their uh, seedings when they won. That's true. They Most of them, uh, I what know the last two were Cinderella what runs. Mean? What do you mean their seedings? Like they're like, they're, they're never right? like a one seed. They're always like five, six, eight, what, somewhere in there. Doesn't that make for be- a better basketball? Makes a better story, but doesn't mean mm-hmm. you're dominant. That means you're like you, average. Yeah, you just, you came into the tournament. Even a, as an average, an average person team. and they beat the number one team and they win it all. That teams, get, teams get hot. Yeah, teams okay. get hot. That's all. That doesn't the mean they're going to be good the next season. So you wouldn't say the winning the NCAA means you're the best team, right? Of that season. Of the season. Not necessarily. I think the NCAA tournament is where you could really get hot. Anyone could win it, right? That's why they say anyone could so win it. So it's not one of those situations where the best team won? That's mm-hmm. true because – Because that's how that's because tournaments are that, played. Right, but that's actually true because if you think about it, right, 68 teams get into the tournament. So if all the good teams get knocked out early, a.k.a. this year, mm-hmm. then who did UConn really face that was a challenge? Like, he had an easier road. I still I, I don't want to diminish from college kids like doing doing their job like they yeah. completed and they dominate in dominating yeah. fashion, but I think it is something to be said about the route you take, and not the best team doesn't always make it. It's usually the team that was hot and had a little luck. So it's like the luck aspect comes into play, right? But what mm-hmm. about like the mistakes? Like the best team made one mistake and it's gonna haunt them for the rest of the. Obviously, they're gonna get kicked out of the tournament. They're gonna get eliminated out of the yep. tournament. So it's no longer a game of skill. It's a game of luck. Luck's a big factor. I think you still have to be good enough to win, mm-hmm. but luck's a big factor. Absolutely. Okay. Especially with all those teams and only one gets to win, and you don't get a series. It's one game and you're done. You can't, you can't deny that it's, don- it's dominant. They won every game by 13-plus. I mean, that's, that's – in basketball, a close game, you would say ranges between, like, six points or less final. Yeah, roughly, it, it was a take. dominant run. Don't get me wrong. It was a dominant run. They played who was in front of them, but, but granted, the, the teams weren't. And know. the question is, are they considered a blue blood? That's the question, not whether they were whether they weren't dominant or not dominant. Again, just the blue blood. What do you have to the, the specifications? What do you have to have? One x amount of titles and between. There's these not a quantity. I'd say it's more of like a 
consistency and um, traditionally making runs in the tournament. I feel like you, like we said, it's so hard to win them. So like you win a few, you have to have a few, obviously. But I think it's the ability to be consistently, consistently good all the time. That's that's really what it is. A lot of it, a lot of it, uh, relies on players that come to the school as well. Because when you look at it, you. How many do they produce? Kentucky, like these, those schools are producing guys. UConn, not so much. Um, So, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Producing guys to go to the NBA. I mean, when you look, UConn doesn't. They have have a couple, but not not, no one, no one, not as much as Kentucky, UCLA. So that's why I'm saying is their runs that they made were Cinderella runs. One good team, one core of like a good player players that just got hot at the right time yeah that just seems the way the narrative looks but again credits to UConn Huskies for being national champions in 2023 no doubt I do want to touch on San Diego State they played FAU Florida Atlantic in the semifinal that game was an instant classic with uh, San Diego State trailing the entire game until the last shot at the buzzer that game was incredible and it, it drew a lot of fanfare and then obviously San Diego State making the finals was a big deal I'm gonna ask Quinn and then kind of go around the table does San Diego State's run to the title game officially make the playing field level or are mid-majors still looking for respect until they win one? I think they're still looking for respect until they win one. I think a mid-major really has to prove – they have to win it to really prove that mid-majors are back. Well, actually, I should take that back, like, to prove that they're here, that they can compete uh, with the highest of high programs. I think San Diego State got a little lucky. They got hot. Like, like I said, all those four teams, they got hot at the right time. They beat who they beat in front of them. Uh, the game was amazing. Um, I think FAU really choked at the end. They were not getting offensive rebounds. Uh, San Diego State was missing a lot of free throws. FAU could not rebound to save their lives. They just got cold offensively, and Lamont Butler hit a great shot. I literally screamed of excitement. <laughs> I was like, wow, that was awesome. Just as a true fan of the game, that, that was awesome. On a side note, uh, interesting. This honestly doesn't surprise me, but this game was the lowest watched national championship game of all time. So really? I, th- I think I think the mid majors have a lot to do, have a lot more work to do it because clearly people mm-hmm. still didn't really want to tune in to watch it. That's what also makes my case is UConn really a blue blood because still a lot of people weren't really interested. Say it was like Kentucky versus San Diego State. Mm-hmm. Bigger fan base. Yeah, bigger fan base. And more people are like, oh, well, Calipari is going to get his second at Kentucky, you know. So it, things like that, right. you know. So it's interesting. We'll have to see. I think the number one thing, too, for mid-majors is they've got to do it again. Right? Is it a one-time, yep. one-off situation? Or is this something that's consistently going to change? Hasn't it been, though? Hasn't it been more recently Cinderella stories that you see? There's Cinderella teams? stories, though, but they're not. The mid-major is basically a conference that's below the Power Fives, which are Big 12, uh, Big East, uh, Pac-12, I'm ACC, SEC, SEC, right? Mm-hmm. So they're lower, like, kind of lower tier, but they're still Division One. Those teams have not particularly made it very far. They usually get that one upset, and they lose the next round or maybe mm-hmm. make a little bit of a run. But they've never won the whole thing. It's always been a big, big, big powerhouse school. Mm-hmm. So, again, credit to UConn. And we're going to move on, guys, to the NBA. The Lakers have won four straight games since we last recorded an episode. <laughs> Go figure. They're no longer negative. They're in the positive on the win side. It's a positive. <laughs> so and they're playing tonight, right? And they're playing tonight. Okay. They've won seven of the last eight. They're currently the seventh seed with a monumental matchup with the Clippers. We're recording here on a Wednesday night, so they play in a couple hours. With the win over the Clippers, the Lakers would secure the tiebreaker over them and the Warriors, mm-hmm. putting the Lakers on the fast track to the fifth seed with a less than likely chance of taking the fourth seed. So what that means is they don't play in that play-in tournament. They're in the playoffs. They've secured a spot. 
if they can get to that fourth seed, they then get home court advantage. But that does not seem very likely because that would only happen if the Lakers beat the Clippers tonight, the Suns on Friday, the Jazz Sunday, and the Suns lose their last three games, mm-hmm. which it's kind of asking for a lot. Yeah. But it, fifth seed is still would be great because they're no longer playing in the play-in tournament. I'm actually going to start this one with, with Gerardo and go around. How confident are we that the Lakers have a legitimate chance to win the championship this season? We were we were actually discussing this earlier, and you didn't like my answer. I did not. That's why I want you to I'm answer stick, it. I'm sticking to it because I can't see them. I, I mentioned that they were going to get swept in the first round, and you went Hot take. Up, yeah, up in arms about <laughs> it. I, I'm still convinced that they're not going to make it past the first round. They're, you've got a lot of old uh, aging guys. True. They're probably gonna give up. They're probably gonna. You're, they're my age. I'm almost forty. You know, that's put <laughs> my information out you're there. You're saying but like the Lakers are gonna give up? The old people in the Lakers that are gonna give up. That is such a horrible up. take, though. That is such a horrible take. I'm I don't. I, I don't agree with don't, that. You won't quit. You, I think, think LeBron nah, is gonna give up with the quit, team that he quit, has. Not quit. Not quit. Give up. Like their bodies will give up. Their Physi- bodies or physically or mentally that they're, they're gonna, gonna give break up. down. Ankle sprain. Injury. The okay, bodies are going to But that's like that's like that's like wishing they get. I'm like, calling a spade a spade, bro. I'm not I'm not wishing that they that happens, but I'm 38 myself and I know that my my knees are giving out. Every morning I wake up they crack. Why why is why that's are my knees same, not spe- He's a he's But he's LeBron a, spends a, a million dollars athlete. on his body a year. <laughs> do you no okay fair enough but he that's that's my point he's a professional he's been doing this at a professional level well it is 20 years yeah yeah there's no amount of pain medications you can inject to the knee any any amount of medication that would regenerate or reverse the effects of, of aging i don't care for the way you got to the point but they are banged up and that is something that needs to be mentioned but i want to i want to move on to brian and see what brian What's Brian's opinion? Does he believe in the Lakers this this year? If they get fifth seed, they'll play the Clippers, right? It'd be the Clippers or the Suns. Clippers or the Suns. Most likely, most likely the yeah. Suns. Most likely the Suns. Yes. It is going to be the Suns. The Suns will be at that fourth seed. How yeah. how is he so confident? So well, what, can they beat him in a seven game? Or six? That's so that's a tricky matchup because Suns now have Kevin Durant, they have Devin Booker, and Chris Paul. So it's a tough <laughs> matchup. However. They've played a lot less games together than the Lakers have, surprisingly. And they're kind of the same boat as the Lakers, really. It's just they're banged up, so it's kind of a war of attrition. Just a little tidbit. The Suns have not lost a game when Durant plays and Booker and Paul all together. It's sample. It's a sample size, but, you know, they haven't lost. So, you know, clearly maybe there aren't chemistry issues there. Uh, they haven't mm-hmm. played anyone strong, but... Do I think they can? Yes. Do I think they will? I don't know if I'm ready to put any money on that. Well, to answer your first question, no, the Lakers aren't going to win the championship. There's just no way. How far do you think they're going to get? And we're we're really sorry because you, we know that you you you're a diehard Laker fan, absolutely diehard. I am too, but I feel like you might be a little more than I am. I think you're just being you're being a realist, and I'm, I'm using play. With, <laughs> I'm using my emotions. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. yeah, and I think again that factor that I threw out that they're just aging is is a big thing. It's a huge factor. It's a big absolutely, eighties a walking. Like You're talking about the house. class of 2003, son. Yeah. 2003. Well, that's just one guy. I don't even guy. think Quinn was a, That's just alive. one guy, though. <laughs> but that <laughs> one guy is the that's guy that's guy. scoring. And the Lakers have proved that they can win without him. So, I mean, when you say when you say that, oh, well, they're going to break down, the Lakers have C- shown Give me an example. When have, when have they proven? Oh, this season. 
Yeah, this season. So, but not in, in not in the uh, championship uh, event well, or level. Because well, that's a the big Lakers difference. Haven't been in that position without LeBron, or I mean, I think that's and, uh, so, oh. so it's determined to be. It's still to be seen. To right? be seen about all, all this. I, I'm not really concerned about LeBron. I'm more concerned about Anthony Davis. Yeah. Anthony Davis is the difference maker, you and he's the one. Yeah, the brow because he's been playing out of his mind. And if he plays this way, I do believe they can win the championship. Yeah. Hell yeah. But but the big question is, is he gonna stay healthy? And he's the one I'm concerned about. Without him, they can't win. I think without LeBron, it'd be tough. And that's but it's a hot take. doable. But yeah, I that is a hot take. I think it's damn. doable because of the other pieces they added. Because also, when we lose AD, we don't have a big. Right. I and mean, we have Wenyan Gabriel, but he's not. He's and not Mo your. Bamba should be back in the next yeah. game or two. But they they aren't your prototypical bigs that are gonna give you. 30, and the rim. 30 yeah. 10, and, and 5 or whatever, you know? So Yeah, but nobody wants it as much as LeBron. I could guarantee you that no, oh, none yeah, of these youngsters sure. in yeah, there the want d- I'm not worried about his determination, but yeah, I, I, I don't agree with your take of saying he's going to break down. Cause I th- not just him. Oh, is he the only one that's – He's the oldest one. I'm the oldest one on the team by far. Okay. Yeah, he's going to break down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I no, think no, no. I'm not saying he is, but I'm saying that the possibility chance. of – of it happening, I mean, if that's the if that's the route we're gonna take, we could any any NBA player could have sprained an ankle in the playoffs and you're screwed. Yeah, that's and anybody. I would and I would I would agree with you and say that everybody that comes from the class of 2003, <laughs> like Chris Paul, yeah, or Chris Paul's yeah, five. yeah, Chris Paul was somewhere around there too. Five, yeah. I think I think the Lakers have a chance. I didn't even ask Quinn. Quinn, do you think the Lakers have a chance to win this year? I do think we have a solid chance. Uh, I like how. I mean, technically, we're the media, right? So, you know. <laughs> yeah, you are what correct. The media, the, what did the, the media, media the, the thing with the media is they, they went from talking about how the Lakers are going to miss the play-in and then just a matter of weeks, all it took was for the Lakers to get high and be like, oh, are the Lakers going to win a championship? <laughs> so the Lakers always have a hold on the media. Like, they're always going to have a hold on the yeah. media. and that We drive ratings. Yeah, that kind of just shows, like, you know, the hold the Lakers have. Personally, just as a, you know, having an opinion on the sport, I think the Lakers don't win a championship. Obviously, I want the Lakers to win a championship, but I, I didn't agree with the fact that you said LeBron's going to break down. Like, I don't <laughs> – come on. That is – no. That LeBron doesn't break down. <laughs> like, no. he gets hurt, but, like, he doesn't break down. Like, come on, man. Like, Are I, you going to be disappointed when you – when? LeBron finally retires. Yeah, but he hasn't showed he hasn't showed signs of slowing down. That's the thing. I don't know when he's going to retire, and I can't say when he's going to retire. He's still averaging twenty five. But are you going to be disappointed when you hear when he? Yeah, has a I'll, press be, I'll feel some type of way about okay. it. Yeah, he was. Because that's going to happen. It's inevitable. Yeah, it's going to happen. Inevitable. Right. But you know, as as of right now, I'm not worried about that because he hasn't showed any signs of slowing down. But anyways, okay. I do think the Lakers have. I think they're they have a chance. But they have a chance. But a your take chance. is that they won't. Th- I, my take is they won't. I think it's going to be either the Celtics or the Bucks. I agree. I think if the, I think the Lakers can get to the finals, mm-hmm. I, w- I don't yeah. think, I don't I don't know if they'll beat a team from the East. Yeah, I would not be shocked if the Lakers made it to the finals, but I don't think they win it. They're not they're, those teams are just so loaded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, do you want to touch on the other team across the hall at, at uh, Staples Center? <laughs> not Crypto. <laughs> Staples. Not I love Crypto. That. I love that. Every time, okay? The Clippers have struggled recently. They couldn't close a game out against the Pelicans where Kawhi Leonard had 40 points. If Westbrook brings them down, that would be epic television. That would but be epic television. I would love that so much <laughs> because Westbrook drove the Lakers into the ground. So my question, though, out of this out of this topic is, do we still consider the Clippers a threat or have they been too inconsistent to trust? And I'll go to Quinn first. 
I think they're still a threat. I think when you have Kawhi Leonard and, and healthy in any playoff run, I mean, he, he basically carried the Raptors to that championship to yep. beat the Warriors. Granted, KD got hurt. Plays out a little different if Durant doesn't get hurt. But he still carried that team to a championship. So, I don't know. It, it depends. It depends on whether Paul, Paul George comes back. But at the end of the day, I don't think the Clippers are a threat. But I do think they, they can make a run maybe to the, fi- the Western Conference Finals. But at the end of the day, uh, they're not going to win a championship. I, st- I don't think they won a championship either, but I still think they're a threat because that team is is balanced. They have, I mean, Westbrook aside, he's played well for them, whether we want to admit that or not, but they just have so many guys that fill that role of, like, that wing defender that can shoot, and they're so, uh, so valuable in the playoffs. I, th- I think they're a tough matchup for us regardless. I don't know if I want to see them in the playoffs because I don't know if I can go through a loss if we lose to them. Yeah, the Lakers lose to the Clippers in the playoffs. I don't know if I can go through that. If they I already went through the Dodgers and Padres this oh. year, so I I don't know if I can go through like another rival. And tonight tonight's a big tonight's game. That's a big huge yeah. game. I, I would I will be so furious if we lose. We've lost ten in a row to the Clippers. My like mind you, we've lost yes. ten in a row. What if what if Westbrook makes it eleven? That'd be nuts. I would literally. I, like I, I'm, telling you, I'm telling you, this. the Lakers have been cursed these past two years, and when Westbrook leaves, he's going to drop 35, 13, and 7 tonight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that, he 35, would have that. 13, and 7? He would have that type of game against the Lakers. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be scary. Lastly, before we move on to another sport, um, I do want to touch on the MVP race. So Joel Embiid had a master class of performance on national TV Tuesday night against the Celtics. He dropped 52 points, 13 rebounds, and six assists, along with two blocks to secure a 103 to 101 win. I'll ask Quinn first, then we can ask around if the guy, other guys as well. Has Embiid finally done enough to win MVP, or is Nikola Jokic's best season in his career, that season averaging 25 point, 12 rebound, and 10 assists, triple double, not enough for him to take home his third straight MVP? I think Embiid officially clinched it last night. Um, I think also when it's late in the season y- and you're still playing that great, Embiid's averaged 32 points, 10 rebounds, four assists in his last five games. This is a stretch. This is the final stretch of the season, and he's just absolutely dominated. This is something that I saw on social media where they were comparing the two games. Jokic, he had 14 points, 10 rebounds, four assists. That's still a pretty solid game. Yeah. But he faced the worst team in the West. Not uh-huh, true. And he faced Alfred Sengun, who's a great offensive player, but he is one of the worst defensive centers. Mm. And Jokic wasn't able to dominate. He was a minus 21, and they lost. Oh, he did? I didn't even see Yeah, that. they lost. So I think, you know, when you when you look at it, I think Embiid's finally got this one. Embiid played the Celtics mm-hmm. on national TV. And he dropped, dropped 52. I mean, half of his team's points. Yeah. <laughs> By himself. <laughs> By himself. So, Brian uh, – what do you think about Joel Embiid's performance? Do you think he's about locked up this award? Yeah, that that performance right there is just crazy. That's that. Yeah, you have to give it to him. Yeah, I agree. So we'll see. We'll see what happens in the last three games of the NBA. Next time we talk to you, we'll know where everybody stands in the playoffs. So that'll be exciting for us. Moving on, we're going to move into professional ranks of baseball, the MLB. Our local teams have played anywhere between five and six games since last time we talked to you. The Los Angeles Dodgers opened up uh, two and two over the opening series even though they outscored the Diamondbacks 20-7. to seven. Usually reliable bullpen arms Alex Vessia and Brewstar Gratterall respectively blew great starts from Dustin May and Noah Syndergaard. They then completed a two-game series of the Rockies, which featured the hot bats of Will Smith, 
And what could be another former star resurrected by the Dodgers and Jason Hayward? Quinn, are we surprised how strong the starting pitching has been through six games? And has Jason Hayward himself surprised you? I'm not surprised about the starting pitching. The bullpen a little bit. Uh, Jason Hayward is definitely a surprise. I was seeing his spring training clips, and he looked great. I give a lot of credit to the Dodgers staff Mm -hmm. and also their player development. I mean, they were able to bring back Jason Hayward. That guy cannot hit anything. He couldn't (laughs) even hit a a beach ball in Chicago. So. I think it's a great start for him. Uh, credit credit to them. I did enjoy seeing them split a series with the uh, <laughs> Diamondbacks on opening weekend. Especially uh, outscoring them twenty to seven, but losing two of them. I yeah, I uh, you know I always I always love to see the Dodgers lose. So our, res- <laughs> our, res- our resident our resident Braves fan, folks, yeah. not Angels, not Giants, Braves fan. Yep. But um, he'll he'll talk about them in a little bit. Mm. Gerardo, how did you feel about the Dodgers the first six games here? I appreciate you asking me that because I'm a big Dodger fan. I did watch their uh, both of the games against Arizona, and is it the fifth inning where they scored seven runs? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Amazing, the bro. offensive output that yeah. they usually can. Just they just am- tend to have those innings where they just yeah. pour it on. Amazing. And it was from, like, uh, uh, batters that, that we didn't J.D. Think Martinez yeah. and Will Smith, yeah. So I'm very excited the baseball's back. I'm very excited the Dodgers baseball is on the right track. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud of them, too. I think this is going to be the team that they are. I think they're just going to be some nights where the hitting just isn't there. There's going to be nights that the pitching's not there. I was really impressed with Dustin May and Noah Syndergaard because they were very dominant in their first start. Syndergaard's a wild card for the Dodgers. He could be, if he's the old Thor, then we got a really solid third starter. But it, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how he pans out. Also, I just want to add this real quick. Do you think Max Muncy is finished? Do you think that injury he had to end the 2021 season no, I think ruined his career? I don't think it ruined his career, but I think he's moving into the just home runs and strikeouts category and not the average he once had. Um, which is which is fine as long as he plays good defense at third and he hits 35 home runs and hits 215. Like I mean, it is what it is. That's what he, that's what you got with him. Um, we have enough other bats to get on base mm-hmm. to handle that. Um, he's always been big in the playoffs for us for the most part. So I don't think he's washed or anything. I just think he's. I'm sure it's still a factor. I mean, uh, I'm, well, how much of a factor if he's throwing balls from third base? He hasn't really made a lot of errors. That's a far yeah. throw. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. I give them a little more time than six games. Moving on to the team um, across the five, the Angels opened up 2-1 uh, and one over opening weekend up north in Oakland against the A's. Shohei Otani was sensational on opening day, throwing six shutout innings and striking out 10. Yet the Angels couldn't secure Otani the win. Anthony Rendon couldn't keep his hands to himself. <laughs> and they lost 2-1 to one to a team projected to be the worst in baseball. Uh, the Halos turned things around, though, winning the next two games up there, 13-1 to one and 6-0. They then won two out of three in Seattle. Otani actually got a pitch clock violation as a pitcher and a hitter in the same game today, which we'll discuss pitch clock a little bit later. Which makes him even more impressive. Yeah, wow, wow. <laughs> he, he really does do it all. Um, a couple of questions here, guys. Um, I'll start with Gerardo because he was the one that sent me the clip. Was Rendon on the right grabbing the Oakland fan that was running his mouth? No. Don't Why not? Keep your hands to yourself, man. I'm sorry. These are high-paid celebrities. You don't know. Athletes. Same difference. <laughs> Athletes. Very well. Keep your hands to yourself, man. I, I don't jeopardize your career. I mean, and I read I read something about him when I sent you that thing. I started reading about him. He's from Houston. Good for him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's a devout Christian, man. Hmm. I, I, I'm not making you're, this I know, up. You read it, yeah. I, I read it. You. I'm not making this up. What, what What kind of message are you sending out there when you're, like, telling him to come? I didn't see the mm. video. I, I saw the clip. You're telling the fan to come. You're egging mm. him on. I don't know what happened before the interaction. You grab him with the left hand, 
and you're like literally talking to him and then with the same hand that you let go you swipe at him mm-hmm. what do you what are your intentions what message are you sending you're, you're swiping you're not hitting him if you're gonna, yeah as a person doesn't matter if you're a celebrity it doesn't matter if you're an athlete if you're gonna be talking smack you better like be ready to receive something back yeah you can't yeah. expect i, and I and thought it was completely no list, i thought it was yeah. completely justified i thought yeah. his reaction was completely justified they could only take so much. Maybe yeah. he was hearing it all game long, and eventually after the game, he was like, you know what, I've had enough of this. Like, I'm just going to send the message. If he swung at him full force, then that would have been a different you, story. You got you to gotta remember, Anthony Rendon, he's not playing well, so he probably has a lot of things on his mind, and he finally just, I mean, he probably just popped. Yeah, I mean, man. that's all it is. He's human. But, yeah, he's human. We all make mistakes. Yeah, but people are quick to sue. People are quick to record you. I don't think call you the okay. Best if he gets carry. sued, if he gets sued, I think he will be fine. Yeah, he he didn't. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the, he didn't. He didn't even connect on it. No, there were there was jokes going on about that. He still couldn't connect because he was not <laughs> hitting. <him. laughs> oh. That injury so, is no joke, bro. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, I thought it was justified. I think he was just letting the fan know, hey, you know. I don't disagree with that take. I'm I'm like in between, which is probably like a weak stance to take. Like, if you if someone's talking smack, like you gotta be ready to catch the fade after, right? But I don't like him putting hands on somebody yeah. though. That's the part I didn't like. Yeah. Like you can like shouty match yeah. or if get him to come to you, but you like reaching out to him. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really care for yeah. that side of it. It's just not a good look and for baseball. In I general. understand. Yeah, you're talking smack. I'm gonna talk smack back too. I one of the best smack talkers there is, but. <laughs> Hot take. I, hot take. Right. Um, <laughs> keep your hands to yourself, bro. If, yeah. if you're dishing it, take it to blah, blah, blah. I, your mama this, your mama that. But come on, you know, keep your hands to yourself. Yeah. Don't antagonize the whole thing. He made it worse. He did. He did, it seemed to escalate the situation. Yeah. Again, that's all. I mean, that's only from clips. I've never, I didn't, wasn't there. So yeah. I don't yeah, know. I don't know the, what, the, if he said the magic word, maybe he said something else yeah. that was, yeah. that could get you going there. Fair enough. And then lastly, are the angels exactly who we thought they were, Quinn? Frauds? <laughs> yeah, I love, this is why I have you on the podcast every week. Uh, the Angels. I mean, you know, they, I mean, for in their defense, they are what? What is their record now? Well, they're, they're four and two, four and right? Two? Yeah. You know, they started off the season great last year. That's true. Very um, true. They were then, ten games above five hundred, and then they went on a fourteen-game losing streak. Uh, so the Angels really, I think, they have to continue into midsummer and you know August. They're to, still to a good team. You know, I'll, I, I'll think they're a good team, but. In year in the past five years, I mean, I mean, you can even really? go back to 2014, the last time they made the postseason. After that, they haven't really proved to be great into uh, into games August. Yeah, yeah, the games that matter. So I I don't think they're well. We're 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 quite ready to say that they're ready to make a playoff run. I'd agree. I'd agree. Um, and then lastly, the Padres, San Diego Padres, started opening weekend with two straight losses to the Rockies, but salvaged the set, finishing two and two. Juan Soto is looking like the Soto of last year, hitting a buck ninety. Drake Cronenworth signed his big extension and since then is hitting under two hundred. A bright spot was the shiny new toy, Xander Bongarts. Uh, he is on a tear right now. He's Shout out Xander. He's on. Uh, he's my fantasy shortstop. He's been <laughs> balling. Well, he's been. Then your fantasy team is probably doing very well. <laughs> they then split a two-game set with the Diamondbacks. Is there any concerns for Juan Soto? Yeah, I think there's a lot of concerns for Soto. He walks a lot. He's a walk merchant. He's a walk merchant. Twitter users will get that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he hit 240 last year, whether it was 240 or under 240. 
it's just it's weird. He's 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 not seeming to get a lot of hits lately. In the last year and then starting this year, I, d- I really don't pop, know what it is. Pop seems like it's gone. Yeah, it's not it, what it once was. And I I don't think he had a major injury or anything like that. So it's weird. You know, I think he still can be a great player. Um, and he definitely has to step it up if he wants to get paid huge money because he is a free agent after this year. So if he wants to get paid, he's got to step it up. I think I think regardless, he's gonna get paid. You know, I think I think he can be a great player in this league still, but he's got to definitely prove it, and he's definitely got to step it up better than 190. Yeah, and then I, I want to bring this to the to the guys as well, because I, um, I don't know if you follow Padres that much, but there was a story. Th- so yesterday afternoon, Manny Machado was ejected in the first inning, arguing over the new pitch clock, and he ch- allegedly called for time at the eight-second mark, but if you're not in the box at eight seconds, it's automatic strike. It was a 3-2 count, so that automatic strike struck him out. And Machado got to his Machado ways and kind of yeah. started getting a little mouthy with the umpire, and he yeah. sent him home. Yep. So I'll ask. I'll start, actually start with Brian, and then I'll move to Gerardo. Do we agree disagree with Machado's ejection about over a pitch clock violation? It's the rules. You. Mm. It doesn't matter if he agree, if he disagrees or not. It's the rules, and he should have known better. I think me as someone who doesn't uh, watch baseball like that, I think it's great because now that I know that they won't take 30 seconds to go to the base, <laughs> at, you know, now <laughs> the games are going to be shorter. And I'm you're who they're trying to get attention, ex- your attention. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I will go and I would watch a game now. Now that I know it's going to be a little quicker. Yeah. Well, you draw, do you agree with the, with the decision? I, uh, yeah, well, I'm anti-Machado anything. Yeah, I, I, I'm aware. Yeah. But Anti-Machado like, <laughs> anything. Aside from Machado, just the rule in general, especially with Otani's earlier Anti- today as well. Machado. Like yeah, well, I, I like I like it because, like he said, it just speeds up the game and it brings in more more fans, more market share, right, for the MLB. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. I, I think, I mean, I'm the conspiracy theorist. I think it was uh, pre- uh, predetermined. He was a 3-2 count. Like, let's get him. Like, let's mm-hmm. let's teach him a lesson, right? Let's teach him a lesson. Oh, he was come in on. It. That's that, that. Come on, he, man. Machado was in saying it. that. Machado You're just saying was that. In it. He no. was part of this whole conspiracy. Why would he want to get tossed in the no. first inning? No, no. That's his old ways. No. no, obviously not. But that's his old ways. He's going. He's never. Machado will be Machado. I would. I would be frustrated too. But I don't think I would say anything to get myself ejected. I mean, I don't know if I can say. It. I probably can't. Why so not I say? Yeah, why to a fan? I'm not. I'm not going to say it. But he did say. He did have a choice of words. He did have a choice of words for the umpire. The, the fans not gonna do anything. But I don't want to get ejected in the yeah. first innings. See, I'm kind of different on this. Like, I like the rule and like the game is faster. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just a, a pet peeve or an itch. I hate umpires that throw out players so quickly because, um, especially major league baseball umpires, you guys are aware of this. They are very showmanship, like base. Like they're about like the big K, right? Or like the big safe call. And they get mouthy with or with the coach, and they get mouthy with the players. And it's like I don't pay money to watch you umpire and call balls and strikes. I call I pay money to watch Manny Machado hit tanks. Yeah, and I hate that they get thrown out at first inning. Like I paid all this money to see the Padres play. I'm sitting at my home plate. I got my popcorn. I got my hot dog. Got my beer. Manny Machado's up. Damn, he struck out. All right, well he'll come up later. Then he was gone. Now, now he's gone for the rest of the game. And, and on a 3-2 <laughs> count, and nonetheless, that's one yeah, of the most important. Yeah. That next pitch could have been a walk, and then as he starts a rally, yeah. like you never know. Yeah. That's the tricky part about I don't like the – I wish I – don't, I don't know what the best alternative is, but I wish it wasn't a ball or strike for that pitch clock violation. I wish it was something else. Yeah. I don't know what it could be. Don't you just know in the NLCS, game six, bases loaded, yeah. the pitcher's mm-hmm. going to take too long to yeah. throw, that's and gonna they're going to walk home the yeah. winning run. That's how this game's going to end? Yeah. yeah. 
that's uh, gonna just you know that's gonna happen. Yeah, it's gonna happen it's at some point in history, whether yeah. it's this year or, or the, the next. Future. Yeah, twenty yeah. years from now. So. Yeah. So we'll have to see, but we'll we'll discuss more pitch clock stuff and the other rules as well, and see how they're affecting the game as we move along. Our last topic of the day is our debate session, and editor in chief of the Hornet, Harado Chigoya, is pushing for us to cover this one. So I'm gonna let him kind of run the show, but I'll set it up for you, Gerardo. The question that we're debating is, is boxing a dying sport? Is celebrity boxing helping the sport make a comeback? And has the UFC taken over as the premier combat sport? So that's a loaded three-part question. We're gonna start with Gerardo. Yeah. Is boxing dead? Boxing's making a revival. You know, you're, you've got these big money fights happening, Garcia and Tank, mm -hmm. the ones from a couple months ago, Canelo fighting. So it's coming back but you your question was has the ufc taken over as a premier combat sport the ufc took over 10 years ago my guy mm. the ufc took over 10 years ago boxing became a dying sport because it no longer how do i put this Relevant. it's no longer exciting ah. it's no longer exciting you don't have these Hagler hearns fights you know one of the best first round in boxing history from like the 80s you don't mm. have mike tyson you know we were talking about the fan guy that parachuted into the stadium mm. and half landed in the uh ring the squared circle one foot in one foot out doing a heavyweight match they don't have these fights anymore they're, they're coming back like mm. andy reese you know uh, anthony joshua they're making a comeback they're making the sport a little better but Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder was, a, was a big heavyweight fight or it, not? Yeah, it was. It was. It really was. It was a good fight. Um, but the Gypsy King, bro, like he's he's such a great fighter, such a good trash talker. Mm -hmm. And trash talk is one of the big things and components in like selling the fight, right? Right. But the UFC is doing it better. And and can I be honest? I know yeah. we talked about this, and I'm gonna bring it up again. Boxing died. <sighs> I'm so sorry, guys. Boxing died when uh, Mayweather kind of took over boxing. Please, ex please explain to May our audience. Mayweather took the science of boxing to a T. There's a lot of people that are like, yeah, hit and not get hit. Okay, I get it, but that's boring. Mm. People that people that kind of caught on, they they don't want necessarily. They were paying millions of dollars in pay per view revenue, right, to watch him lose, mm. not to watch him fight, mm. because he's excited. He's not exciting. The last fight that I can think of of his. Man, I, Victor Reese. I don't know if you guys mm -hmm. are familiar with that fight. Mm -hmm. Victor Reese fought um, Mayweather, and Victor Reese had him in the in the ropes, and he could try to headbutt him repeatedly. There's a hop to the fight, and when the referee said fight, Victor Reese went for a hug, and Mayweather took advantage of it, and he hit him with a one-two punch, knocked him out, one by knockout. Protect yourself at all times. Yeah, but the, nobody paid eighty bucks to see that. You know, mm -hmm. they want to see people get hit. They want something exciting, right? Yeah. Sa same same with uh, Shane Mosley. When Shane Mosley fought Mayweather, Mayweather got hit. He got clipped. He hit him with the left cross, and Mayweather was going to go down. Mayweather grabbed, and after that, he adjusted. But if he wouldn't have grabbed, then that would have been his first knockdown. That would have been his first everything. But, like, he, he finds ways. Within the rules. Yeah, these little, I don't want to call them loopholes because they're there for a reason, and he's using them. To win. He's not winning any fans. No. He's winning fans. The fans that are his fans are the ones that are making money off of him. Right. Like putting money on him, putting the house, True. putting this. But the fans that want to see the real pugilists, that want to see a boxing match, I want to see, you know, De La Hoya, Pernell mm -hmm. Whitaker. I want to see Chavez. I want to see uh, Tito Puente, uh, uh, Trinidad. I, I want to see Hector Camacho. I want to see those types of fights, you mm. know. I don't want to see the hit. I get hit the shoulder roll. What, what, what is that? Like, yeah. I don't care for that. I want to see the whole production. Do you think any this has to do anything with us as a generation getting a little more sensitive to the violence and maybe preferring the more technical fight as opposed mm -hmm. to like the bloodshed and like the combat of 
getting like into a big like knockout blow guy goes to the hospital type yes yes and no i mean it sounds like a devolution of the sport because this new generation won't get to see these bloody bloody fights bloody you know a cut here and there's like or squaring blood well the ufc has plenty of that (laughs) which brings which brings us to yeah that's Mm. why they took over the the market fights were actually legit fights not yes and i I, this is why i also think boxing is somewhat of a joke outside of uh fury wilder tank (laughs) ryan garcia when mayweather fought logan paul (laughs) that i watched that that was complete bull okay like that there was they were barely throwing any punches there were no like connections where it was like oh my god like this isn't gonna knock him out it was just a boring fight and it was a money grab and i think i think a lot of a lot yeah i think i think mayweather like doing all these you know exhibition fights this is money grabs and it's pointless and when you're the supposed greatest boxer of all time you're doing this Mm -mm. that that doesn't tell me you're the greatest of all time what did you guys think about when him and mcgregor fought was that stupid or was that like actually a decent fight i think that's what really started all of it all of celebrity it kind of catapulted it because but that's that wasn't mcgregor's thing no no he looked very uncomfortable yeah yeah i mean obviously he he went in there for the money yeah i mean 100 mil Plus, yeah, I remember watching. I remember pay-per-view I, I, points. That's why the last pay-per-view fought I actually bought. <laughs> I, I I don't even remember if I bought it or not. I stopped buying them, just for that fact. Like, come on, nobody wants to see that. I don't. I don't want to see win by decision, win by points. I want to see something. Yeah. Oh man, I'm talking about some wars out there. Wars. Yeah. Arturo Gotti. Come on, man. <laughs> Arturo Gotti was one of the, the man. You know, he he went in through some wars. He was mm. a nobody. He fought Arturo Gotti and became somebody bro like they don't have these fights no more you know they don't have these fights no more and it opened the market for the ufc to take over 10 years ago 10 probably 15 years ago when the first ultimate fighter season started the celebrity boxing stuff that's been going on for a while i mean it became prominent more now than it was back in the day because everything's like you know you can literally put on your phone yeah (laughs) right so yeah i think i think and i apologize for sounding like it's like such a hater because I oh, don't. But you, but you seem to love, you love the I sport, love and, the you sport. Do, and you don't like what it's become. I don't. I don't. Do you think I it's the quality it of the fighters? Like, there's just not as many fighters that play that style now. The, here's the problem. There's not that many promotions out there. There's Golden Boy promotion. Mm-hmm. There's Mayweather promotions. There's like these, promo- they're, but they're not really, they're promoting. There's a lot of other boxers that aren't under that umbrella that mm-hmm. be shine too. Mm-hmm. And they're, because they're not in that umbrella. They're not getting the the shine yeah. and the recognition that they deserve. The level of competition is there. The level of competition is there. Mm-hmm. And I'm an MMA fighter, uh, not fighter, excuse me, fan myself. Mm-hmm. I love the sport equally. I love the sport equally. I'm a red corner. Yeah, I'm not an MMA fighter. Right now, I like UFC or MMA more than boxing because of that reason alone. It's been like that for the, like the last 10 years. But I think boxing is going to make a comeback. Yeah. I don't know who's going to bring it back. I don't know. Could be this guy to my left. <laughs> <laughs> but Yeah, bring me Ryan Garcia. Right? Yeah, bring, me, bring him. <laughs> but it, it will definitely make a comeback some way, somehow. You think so? It's not completely dead? No. No. I just I don't know about you guys can recollect with this. I just remember growing up, grandparents' house. Every Oscar De La Hoya fight. Yes, sir. The barbecue. Yes, the, sir. An event. Yes, sir. And I just don't know when that's ever going to happen, happen again. No, more, no. no. I have not what attended about Canelo? like that for like since it, 02. It, even I have friends that. that I go to their house for the Canelo fight. Like, yeah, right. Like, they have the barbecue. Like He's like the only one. And I feel like his 
those barbecues have gotten smaller and smaller over the years. I really do believe so. <laughs> like they have. People don't want to pay that ninety dollars HD yeah. just for it to go to decision. Yeah. Or to they were saying that by about Mike Tyson back in the day too. Mike Tyson was knocking him out in the first like, round, like fifteen sec, twenty seconds, yeah. and then they that paid yeah. all that See, money. See, that's the also that's also another thing with the UFC is one of the cons is you pay all that money, and then like for example that John Jones he returns he. Submits the guy in two minutes. You, yeah. you just dropped but at least Yeah, but the card is exciting. At least for the UFC, you got like yeah. at least 10 fights on that yeah. card, right? Oh, and that's okay. just a regular okay. card. You're Boxing, not even counting yeah. the underdog. Yeah, like I'm also just like, I bought that to, like, just for me, like, say people like me, like fans like of the UFC like me, we just bought a pay per view for 80 bucks, but we only wanted to see John Jones return. Stream mm. it. And that happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say how on this podcast. Don't say how, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but. John Jones is an exciting fighter. John Jones deserves that money. John Jones fought Chael Sonnen, broke his toe, defeated him, made him submit. He, they realized that his toe was broken during the mm. post-fight interview, like on the, in the ring. Like they're interviewing Joe Rogan, like, like, oh, look at your toe, look at your toe. And he looks down and he's like, oh, he doesn't even feel the pain. His toe, his toe is dangling from his foot. Jesus. You know? Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't see that. Fight. John Jones. Yeah, look, you can, you can I'll, look, I'll it look it up. Yeah, look it up. John, John Jones versus uh, Chell Sutton in post-fight interview. Wow. Yeah. I, UFC seems to have a stranglehold on the sport for sure. Absolutely, it's not going anywhere. And then after the acquisition of the WWE, yeah, nah, it's not going anywhere. Not going anywhere. As a matter of fact, not only do they, does UFC own the the MMA scene, they also, <laughs> it's going to sound stupid, but they, uh, slap fighting, slap yeah. boxing. They have their own, they have their own uh, federation or whatever it's you want to call just, it. They're just on the up and up. It's stupid. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, it's, <laughs> the principle like is it. stupid, but yeah, yeah seeing these funny. guys smack the heck out of each other, saw, it's pretty funny. I saw a guy, he had like a big hematoma. And oh. he, he had like uh, all the baby powder on his face. It was funny. Yeah. I don't know. But MMA, MMA is very exciting. It's a lot of disciplines. When MMA first got sanctioned, it got sanctioned in New Jersey back in like mm. 2001, right? Nobody would pick it up. Why? Because it was called human cockfighting. Mm. I wrote a, I wrote an article about this way like 10, 15 years ago on, in college. And little by little, states started, the, the sanctioning uh, state mm -hmm. commission started picking them up little by little. The last state that did not want to pick up MMA was New York State. Mm -hmm. New York State uh, refused. They, were, they had a ban like in UFC number two or number three. They had to immediately switch from New York State to like Alabama or Arkansas or something like that mm. because they wouldn't allow MMA sanctioned fights, and mm. which is weird because New York State is the mecca of boxing. Yeah. Madison Square Garden. Right. I don't understand. Because it, it was so new. They didn't know how to react they didn't to know, it. Yeah, they didn't know. They, they, they didn't know it was going to blow they up. They were either. advertising UFC. Was it being advertised as uh, no rules? Right? Mm -hmm. right, you know the rules. Yeah. There are no rules, right? Let's get it on. So that whole human cockfighting thing, yeah, I get it, I get it. But little by little, states started sanctioning them. Um, but yeah, MMA, MMA I'm, I'm a big fan of MMA since the early, uh, the I think they call it the dark ages. Gracie clan coming in, Ken Shamrock. That's where he got his claim of fame. Became a WWF wrestler, superstar. Mm. Came back. Man, I love, I love MMA. Yeah. I, I've been following for years. I followed it from the first tough, the Ultimate Fighter with Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz and. All, all of that. I, I, I'm a big fan. All right. Um, so, great. Thanks for taking part in that topic, guys. Definitely looking for more information from you. If there's something you want us to debate at the table. And that's going to about do it for this episode of the Around the Hornet podcast. Interact with the show by answering polls and DMing topics you'd like us to cover and share our hot takes on, of course. You can do all of this by following us on both Instagram and Twitter at FC Hornet. Be on the lookout for next week's episode where we see how the Lakers and Clippers finish their regular seasons and what the NBA playoff picture looks like. For Quinn, Brian, and Gerardo, this has been your host, Jake Rhodes, and we are signing off.